We're not trying to make you feel like a fear that you would have from a king that's very far from you. That, that, that's something that is too hard to... That only in your mind you know somewhere in, in whatever, in Warsaw, there's a, there's, a, there's a king, or in Bangladesh, right? You're living in some village, and you know that there's a king over the country, but you don't have anything with him. To you, it's so foreign. And you have to fear him. The reason you have to fear him is because he has the ability to do bad and to do good for you. We're not looking for that type of fear. We're not looking for that. Like Yura Hachno, a Yura that creates a Hachno. The best English word for Hachno is subjugation. But that's a very hard word to really also translate. When a person's Machnia themselves, a person aches themselves, they're willing to be less than that thing or that person. A person has to be Machnia themselves to their Rebbe, to their father, to the Torah. Consider himself less than that thing. So what we're looking for is that type of fear. Like we mentioned before, that the Ramah starts out his Shukhanarach. That Akadish is watching you. He sees everything you're doing. When a person knows that everything he's doing is being watched, it creates a Hachra. It makes you feel very uncomfortable sometimes. Like, like I'm being watched. You're an example. This show was cameras all over. I'm not going to say how often we watch it and what we see. I'm not going to talk about that part. But this camera's all over. And somebody did something. Somebody in the shul did something. Not a child, not a bucher. Uh, an adult. And what he did was wrong. And obviously, I had to have a conversation with him. And I had a conversation with him. He says, you know, what bothers me so much about the shul now I feel like everything I'm doing, I'm being watched. I was like, you know what makes me so comfortable about the shul? Is now I know that everything I'm doing is being watched. You see, what's the difference between me and you? I'm happy about being watched. I know I can't do anything wrong. I know that I have to have accountability. I can't say anything without it being recorded. I can't go anywhere without it being recorded. To me, it keeps me very kosher, an erloch. And to you, it makes you feel very uncomfortable. I said, you knew there was cameras everywhere. It's not like you didn't know. I said, yeah, but no one pointed it out to me like it's actually being watched. I said, I don't, I don't understand. We know there's a Mishnah that says, I enjoy it, Shem is watching everything. Shem hears everything. And the Chavit told us that we have to look at modern technology to be able to understand these types of chazal. What our great-grandparents back in Europe saw when they said, I and Raya? I don't know. I don't know what they thought. But we had a very easy time thinking I and Raya because most places you go today in the world, there's the I and Raya. I'm not saying if you go somewhere in Montana, you know, where there's a cornfield for like three days straight. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, generally speaking, anywhere in New York, 
the FBI, the NYPD, you, no one's watching you. They're not maybe looking, unless they have to look. Maybe they are. Who knows? But, yeah. And it's supposed to not, like, scare you and make you, like, panicky, but rather, in a way, it's supposed to make you feel very comfortable. It's supposed to make you feel comfortable. But that's what we have. We have a Kaddish Baruch who's literally standing over our shoulder. And he's here when you say the Lashon Hara. He hears it too. He's here when you're doing something in a room alone. Because you're not alone. He's there too. And he's also there when you do a chesed that nobody knows about. A type of chesed that nobody in the world is ever going to find out about. It's something you do. He's there too. He's watching there too. It's not only for the bad. It's not only hanging out for like to catch you doing something wrong. He is with you and he's watching every single thing you're doing. And that creates a hachna. Or it's supposed to create a hachna. It's supposed to make a person realize that I'm less than. Kulay. And a person would really think about that. Real tzaddikim. Kulay You would start trembling if you really, really thought about it. Yikonavi is battle. You would become hachna, like we said before. And we bought them at Dark Avoid, that's what we bought them. But Yurik is a Loitia Kalusha Vachalusha. It won't be a weak, frail type of Yurik. Loitia Dacha Loitia's bottle and say, Kol Rotsev is Hava Gufmias. You won't be able to push away that Yurik because now I desire to say that piece of juicy Lashonaro. Or say that nasty comment. If you had that real Yurik. The problem is, it's very hard for us to imagine it the whole time. We're only human beings. And we get so used to living like that. I have someone I, I know that I spent one Shabbos with him. It was a close group of Chaverim. We were in a trip in Europe. And we spent Shabbos in a hotel far away from anything and anybody. Middle of, the, on the outskirts of the city of Lviv, which is in Ukraine. And I noticed before Shabbos, he takes out from his pocket, like right before Shabbos, he takes out from his pocket a phone that I didn't notice he has on the trip the whole time, and he turns it off. And I said to him, I said, what's this phone? So he tells me, he's a very famous person, he's an influential person, a lot of people in the world call him for advice and to talk to him, and he meets with people all the time. He always has a recorder recording everything he says. Even on Shabbos he walks around with it. He tells me he, he tells me he got a head. On Shabbos he walks around with a recorder recording every single thing. Why? Because he's so influential and popular, people talk to him, he is possibly very easily able to be misunderstood and people can make up things about him and he can end up having to defend himself. So everything that's ever said to him is always recorded. So it made me feel very uncomfortable realizing that I just spent a week with this person and every single thing I said to him was recorded. And, you know, initially, that was my first reaction. So I asked him, so why are you turning it off? He says, I know everybody here. It's the first Shabbos in a long time that I can, I can turn it off. I, don't, I know I'm not going to meet anybody over Shabbos that I'm going to have to talk to. Because the year before that I spent with this year also, we were in Prague for Shabbos. Again, I don't know if he turned off his phone or not, but he was meeting people, Shabbos Hotel, people were coming to talk to him. I mean, people in Prague knew who he was, and they were coming to talk to him. But finally, when he was in this private hotel where there was nobody here except for us, he turned it off. 
Imagine knowing that everything you say is being recorded and somebody can listen to it at any time. He does it for his own protection. He says. He said he's doing it for his own protection. But, you know, you would be very careful. I had an, a situation where I was talking to somebody upstairs in the dining room, here in Shul, and um, on the third floor, and I just made the person aware before we started. I said, there's a camera there recording everything, watching everything, so whatever you don't want to say that should be recorded, you should be careful. The person says, now I feel very uncomfortable to have the conversation. So if you want, we could leave now, and when you feel comfortable, we can come back to talk. But you should know, it's being recorded. I don't want to hear afterwards that I said something else, because we can always go back to listen. Unfortunately, we have to do that sometimes. I know a lot of things that I allegedly said, which I didn't say. But if a person would have that feeling, that focus, that there's a camera, and it's watching everything I'm doing, that's a Kaddish Baruch you could feel very restricted, and you can also feel very small, and you can also feel very protected. Because Baruch is watching everything. He cares about me. Right? Nobody, nobody's recording those cornfields in Montana. It's not something that's precious. But they're recording the embassy, the White House, the Mint. There's precious things there. Some people, their homes, they'll record their home. They're precious. They have children. They have, you know, their, their whole life. You record something that's precious to you. We're precious to him. So he's the Ayn Rai of Everything matters. But therefore, Imrak Yizkar Mena Pachet Vahazizua. I'm sorry. Veloy Oi. Not only that, Ela Aspishosh Loyti Yerasi Kokach Luli Vakirboy. Even if you don't feel that you're at so clear in that moment, Imrak Yizkar Mena Pachet Vahazizua, Shaito Lufnesha Oishtayan. If you would just be able to go back to that moment, like an hour or two ago, what it felt like, he'll run away and distance himself from any smidge of an Avera off Tyler Shalhetzer. Even if it's something that you're allowed to do. Maybe. Something that you're allowed to do, but it's, it's not what Hashem wants of you. An example? It's almost an Achilagas already. You already tried every single thing on the buffet. And then they brought out another thing. Is Hashem against it? Is it usher? No. Does Hashem want you to taste that last dish? Probably not. Right? Probably not. It's like someone wants them to ask me, he says, Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but it doesn't say anywhere they know how to do this. That's the famous answer. It doesn't say you know how to do this. You're right, it doesn't. You know what else it doesn't say you know how to do? You know how to bring a black cat and sit it on your lap during cold midday. It doesn't say you know how to do that. Did you ever see somebody do that? No. Why? But why? It doesn't say how to do it. The answer is I can't write down every single thing that you can't do. You have to start using your own brain sometimes. Again, you, you might say you could do it. I might say I can't do it. We could disagree about it. We can have a conversation. But don't tell me it doesn't say. Because there's a lot of things it doesn't say. Right? When a person can go back to that moment of how I felt when I was in awe in Pachar, someone told me about an individual that I know. I heard this two nights ago, that before Rosh Hashanah, he goes to court. He goes to a, a court to sit in on a court case. He wants to be able to feel the Yom Adin. So he goes, he tries to sit there for a full day. I'm not a full day. He sits in the, that part of the, the full day part. I didn't hear that part. He goes to a courthouse 
And he sits there to try to, you know, get that hergish uh, of seriousness. Great. Beautiful. Very nice. But you have to be able to tap into that when you're not fear. That means he went to the courthouse, let's say today, because it's Rosh Hashanah coming up. So Wednesday he went. Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock when he's about to start Mincha or Rosh Hashanah or whatever it is, he has to be able to put himself back into that place of now in the courtroom. He has to start imagining. So we always have to bring in that imagination. That's what happens. We have to do that. Don't, don't tell me I'm the only one that did this. But when you sometimes stand on the basketball court alone, you're practicing shooting, you make believe it's like, you know, 30 seconds left to the game and you're down by three and, and you're like, you know, you're dribbling, you know, you, you don't ever make believe like you're, and I'm going to take the shot and oh, we won the game because I hit a three, you know, no, you don't make that up. Oh, I was never in such a situation. Nobody would pass the ball to me if we were down by two with 20 seconds left. But in my mind, I thought I was. Or standing there with a bat, like, oh my gosh, it's the bottom of the ninth, it's two outs, it's base loaded, we're down by four. That like where you're imagining you're hitting the grand slam to tie the game in the bottom of the ninth, or something like that. You put yourself into a master to be able to now be inspired to do that thing. So you need to put yourself into that master. Whether it's, you need to put yourself into a master on Rosh Hashanah, and sometimes a couple of months away from Rosh Hashanah, you need to put yourself into that master of, what did I feel like Rosh Hashanah by Davin when I heard that first you know, like, whatever. You have to put yourself into that moment. Right? If a person can look inward, and he'll see, he did something. Deeper speech. Or even just a thought. Listen to these words. Or a person did nothing. Ready for these words? Which is actually the foundation of all sins. First, I was doing nothing. If you would be doing something, you wouldn't have done the thing you know how to do. Like the Ramam writes in the Nefuchas Yisurim Abiyo, that a person doesn't get involved in Arayas, Yisurim of Taiva and Arayas, unless he's not occupied with learning. Because if you're occupied with learning, you're busy. I'm not saying that Gedolim didn't have the Siyonis, but they were also very, very busy thinking about a Rambam. They were stuck. They had a Rambam. They, they, they walked around for days thinking about this Rambam. Like, how does it feel with the Gemara? It seems mamish connected to the Gemara. The Rambam forgot the Gemara and Kedushin Daphne and Zion. Like, what, what's going on? So, of course, I've, I've heard temptations came up, but like, they were too busy. Not being busy is, creates the most problems. When, 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 yeah, okay. Your parents will show us all to you. You're bored, it's going to be dangerous to be bored. Find something to do. Go paint, go sand art, go crochet. I don't care. Do whatever you want to do, but don't do nothing. When you do nothing, you end up in trouble. You end up opening the fridge six times because you imagine something else came in that wasn't there 30 seconds ago when you opened it the first time, and the second time, and the third time. Nothing else came in. Nothing else came in. And, and that same yogurt that didn't look exciting two times ago when you opened the fridge, it's not going to look exciting now either. So. But you're bored, so you're bored. You're doing nothing, so you get into a fight. If you're sibling, then... So thinking about, about a game. You got to fight with your sibling or whatever because you're bored. But if you have something to do, whether it's Torah and Avodah and Hulot Chasadim, or even if it's not, if you have a hobby, go write a song, go write a poem, go build Lego. You know, it's much harder to get into a fight with your sibling. I'm not suggesting people your age go play Lego, but I'm trying to bring out a point. It's when you're doing something that you don't get into trouble. When you're not doing something, it's usually when trouble happens. But so there's words there. 
You'll get angry at yourself and say, Oi, Gewalt! I can't try to say, Oi, Gewalt. It's the best way to say it. Oi, Gewalt! What did I do against Hashem? I'm worse than the biggest sinner. Hashem, please, forgive me. I'm accepting my on myself from now going forward to be a Jew with all my life. To give my whole life to be a Jew. And a person comes to that recognition. A person can now use the, those things properly. Now, the Chazat the, Tamidim went off a little bit on a tangent. We're trying to figure out a little bit about Midas, how we're supposed to properly use them. And tomorrow we'll get back onto that, where a person is going to be taught to start thinking of how they could use the Midas that are not necessarily proper in a proper manner. We'll pick up on that tomorrow.